Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's go to the hotline. My movie critic, your movie critic. Let's go to TM Powell. What's up, buddy? <laughs> you got me. You caught me giggling. <laughs> I have a middle picture of my head of Leo knife with somebody. <laughs> She'll do it, Tim. She will do it. What's up? What's know, up, buddy? Good woman. She definitely do it for you. Damn I right. Yeah. Like we were blasting that up. I was going to be on YouTube. I'm like, man, I hope you have some YouTube famous security there. <laughs> Somebody's going to do something stupid in the crowd because they know YouTube's taping it. I know, I know. Oh, darn. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm finally going to get it out there. And, you know, to be a, not only some good publicity for me on YouTube, but also, uh, you know, just a good tape for me to book um, venues that I haven't I haven't worked in stuff. So I need to get that out there uh, so that I can start moving around. I want to start uh, getting out of out of the state and doing more work. There are some places I want to go and I want to I want to perform. So it's time, you know. Hey, listen, anytime you get up there, it's always good practice, no matter how long you've been doing it, and doing something new is always good, and this is definitely, you know, something, you know, new that people are doing, but it's obviously working. I mean, there's literally comedians who have gotten, I mean, as much as we joke around about YouTube famous, there are some comedians that really benefited during the pandemic because yes. of YouTube, because of streamers, whatever, they were doing it, because you really got to see that it wasn't somebody writing jokes for them. They're naturally funny. You can't hide that sometimes when you're just sitting in front of a camera talking. Right. Yeah. So what's I mean, the one I, the the guy right. that um oh he's uh he's he does the uh he used to play Craig on Reno nine one one. I mean he had a career before this. Oh, what's his name? He's a comedian. Uh-huh. Uh TM, no idea. <laughs> no idea. I was not a big Reno nine one one fan. Uh, Kyle Dunnigan. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kyle Dunnigan. So yeah. he he kinda had a career. But then when the pandemic came off, he did the these like the Snapchat face filters and he started putting out these videos and he just like blew up all over. Now he's like touring with the with the face swap and everything. It's 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 bizarre. But he he's really like made a nut for himself over the during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, Johnny, I think you would agree with me. I mean, there was once upon a time and I mean, this is just how it was. I mean, and they all do it that. You know, there were comedians out there that had a lot of people writing their jokes. I mean, there's a movie Punchline about it. I mean, that's yep. kind of how it did. But I do feel like in this day and age with social media, and I hate to say, Johnny, you know, this, how, how much comedians will backstab one another when given the chance. Oh, yeah. That yeah. it's hard to have, like, to have people writing jokes for you with that not getting out and people kind of thinking you're a fraud. You know, they, right. they do. They, they treat you differently. I mean, there's definitely stand-up comedian snobs out there. And they're a lot more louder than they ever were on social media. But I mean, like I said, it was something that a lot of a lot of people did, you know, along the way. Some comedians, that's how they got, you know, famous is because they wrote jokes for other people and just kept getting bigger and bigger. But I think today it's 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 a lot harder to do that and get away with that without being called some type of sellout or not funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I've got so many reasons for me to drop this special. Number one, I I want to start 
uh, writing a new a new hour. So I'm I'm gonna be dumping a lot of my material into this special. Actually, I'm gonna bring some stuff up that I I haven't even done. Some of these uh, bits I haven't done in over a year, some longer. That I'm just I'm just getting them out there, so I don't have to do them for very much longer. I mean, I'll, I'll still do some of them because people are gonna come come out to see some of the jokes after they see them on the on the special. But I'm I'm writing a lot right now, so. You know, I I don't do enough gigs like Louis C.K. to have a new hour every every year. So it's uh you know I got to get to work and and try to you know I don't know get it get it out there as fast as possible. And you have to do a lot. You have to work this material. I was listening to um the other day. Tony Woods was on Joe Rogan, and Tony Woods is a legendary comic. He got a shout out by Chappelle when Chappelle got his Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, you know, he's this guy that mentored Chappelle. Came up in D.C. along with, you know, a lot of those guys. Uh, D.C. is a big scene back in the day. And he was saying, they, they were talking about how Louis C.K. does that in a, in a year. And he was saying, man, it takes me, you know, like three years to get a bit where it needs to be. And then Rogan's like, yeah, you know, like it, it's going to be good the first time. But it's like buying a, a car and you go, oh, that's a nice car. But 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 see this car in a year. I'm going to put rims on it, put a, a better stereo in it, you know, and then see that car in three years. It's going to be a Lamborghini. And that's how comedy works. The more you work it, the better and better it gets. So, yeah, some of these jokes that I'm going to put on this special are 10 years old that I've been working, you know, <laughs> so I'm going to get rid of them. Well, yeah, you got to go into your repertoire and know and use what works. You know, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with coming out the greatest hits. Hey, listen, no one wants to go see a band that they come out and say we're gonna play some of our new album that no one's heard. You know, no, play the hit, dude. You know, yes, I mean, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of hits, what have you been seeing lately, TM Pal? Well, it is quiet. Um, you know, this is after Christmas. You know, yet Spider-Man is still dominating at the box office. So it, this would normally be a little quiet uh, this time of year anyway, but obviously with what we you know went through with the pandemic, it's a little bit more quiet. And then all of a sudden it's getting more quiet because, you know, there's talk about, you know, that they start closing down things in New York and L.A. again. And, and mm-hmm. once either one of those markets close, these movies are going to start to delay again. Uh, right. It's it's just going to happen. You you can't do it without those markets. But uh, this week there's the 355. And basically what this is is, if you've seen the previews, it's the all-female action film that's like a spy film. Cast is loaded. Right. Jessica Chastain, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Kruger's in it, uh, Penelope Cruz, uh, Sebastian Stan, Edgar Ramirez. It's a loaded cast, and they all do the best they can with this movie, but man, is it dull and flat. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just, you know, by the book, textbook, how you're going to do an action film. You know, just goes through all the same motions that you would see in any type of, let's say, late 90s, early 2000s spy action type film. I mean, I like this cast. And if you looked at it on paper, you're like, man, this has a chance to really work out well. But it's just dull at times for being like supposed to be a big action movie. And at times, I honestly didn't think the action scenes were all that great either. When you live in a world of John Wick, where he's killing yeah. guys with horses and books and stuff, you got to step up your game a little bit. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. The bar has been set super, super high with some of these movies like John Wick. And yeah, even movie uh, that movie, um, uh, Nobody. Nobody. I thought, Did you see Nobody? I thought, yeah. I mean, like that, too. I mean, Nobody definitely rips off some things about John Wick. And, and like I said, I, I sometimes get worrisome. You know, like I always said, you know, The Matrix came out. I thought The Matrix was cool. 
But what annoyed me about The Matrix is for like five straight years, every action film had slow motion and right. trying to copy that. And I was like, Come on, guys, stop it. Like, they did it. Let them do it. They're cool doing it, you know? But it's like, you know, sometimes the executives get like, oh, well, that's what they want, you know? And they just keep feeding it to us. And, you know, I think there's obviously, you know, the diversity and, you know, with the girl power and everything else that's going on in this film. And I think they assembled the right cast to do it. It's just you got to remember to have a compelling story at the end of the day, and the 355 just did not have it. I mean, you just got to have a story, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. It, like, you know, you, you got – and we talked about this the other day, Will and I did. It's like, you know, it's cool to, you know, to try to be progressive and, you know, and do, and do all these different casts and all that. But I think people are losing grip on – the bottom line. The bottom line is entertainment. So you don't want to lose. Yeah, do it organically. Yeah. Right. Do it organically. Just let it happen. Let it happen. Yeah. yeah. Just let it happen. Listen, the Mad Max Fury Road from a couple years ago. Listen, Tom Hardy's cool in it. Mad Max is always cool. That's what everybody. That's Charlize Theron's movie. Like that's all yes. her movie. You know, like uh-huh. it's hers. And and it, you know, even though it has Mad Max in the title, they did a good job of having it be a Mad Max story about someone else. And that was fine. That was a cool way to do it. Hell, you know, right. like you said, the argument with the old Ghostbusters, where people, you know, you know, crush the female one. Well, this time around, the, the the main star is a female, a young girl. I mean, and she's awesome in it, and everyone rallied around that film. So, I just think you just need to let things like this happen organically. And, and a, yeah. a perfect example about this is uh, is, is Cobra Kai. Right. Cobra Kai just lets a lot of things happen organically within their own universe, like with the nostalgia. It's all fan service, but there's things that you can see coming in the show, and it brings you enjoyment. But at the same time, they're still doing things organically that works within their show. I thought season four was a little different. Like, it, you know, it was a little bit darker and kind of both sides aren't Mm -hmm. right. They're both kind of wrong at times. But at the end of the day, Johnny, I still eat that show up. If you ask me what one of my favorite shows on television is right now, I'm not saying it's the best show. My God, sometimes the acting is terrible on it. It's just laughable, the product placement. Uh-huh. But when it comes to like just enjoying something and being entertained by something, I mean, there's no doubt Cobra Kai's got to be up there for me. Dude, I started watching it at midnight the other night, and I watched the whole thing. I got done at like 5.30 in the morning. I couldn't stop watching it. I, just, I couldn't wait for the next episode. They, they, they do a really good job at, at kind of leaving you hanging for the next episode. You're not going to go anywhere if you have anything. Yeah, if you don't have anything to do, you're going to keep watching it. And, yeah, I thought that they touched on, you know, a lot of the things that are kind of going on in the world, but they didn't do it over the top. And as a matter of fact, they even kind of poked – at the woke culture at the same time is making it kind of normal at the same, you know, it's kind of, kind of interesting. They didn't take these characters and make them unrealistic in that regard. Like Johnny Lawrence was, you know, he, he you know, he's like, yeah, uh, I need to be awake. And they're like, no, you need to be woke. And then he was kind of making fun of all that stuff, but it wasn't offensive. It was uh, it was more normal. It was like, that's how that guy would act. He wouldn't be something different than that. And then, yeah, like you said, it kind of it kind of had a where you had several people to root for, and some of them were the bad guys. So it's like they kind of it was interesting. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I I thought I thought I had a ton of heart. I texted you that like there was some parts in there where you, you got a little got a you know little goosebumps because it was like oh man they they hit me in the feels a little bit with some of this you know and it was kind of nice. I kind of liked it. Oh, listen, I'll tell you about about how you rooted for different people throughout the season. 
Oh, I'm all Team Tory. The LaRusso children are yes. all. They're the real. They're the worst. The <laughs> they are the worst. The and worst. you know what? Yeah, and it reminded me of how they started the show because of uh, it was inspired by that YouTube video where they they changed the, yep. the where they they kind of were showing that Daniel LaRusso was really, uh, you know, the bad guy in in the original Karate Kid, and they broke it down. It was like, man, they're right. He was the he was the guy starting all the trouble, and yeah, the LaRusso kids are. Dicks. It's unbelievable. <laughs> They're the worst. They get it from their hot-headed father. <laughs> yeah, and 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 even the mom's a little annoying too. It's like, hey, get out of that girl's job, you idiot! What are you doing? Well, they keep having all the karate rumbles, so everything. Keeps <laughs> <laughs> it mean, is so funny. Me. So stupid, Johnny. If you thought about, I always tell people like, hey man, don't think about this too hard. <laughs> right. Just consume it. Like, that's what it's meant to be there for. But when you're talking about how I think it does work across generations, A, I think the Karate Kid's timeless. There's just so much great stuff. Uh-huh. And I, I know you saw the tweet I put out where I'm like, when it comes to, like, satisfying movie endings, like, that one's got to be up there. Like, how it yes. all culminates to this last, like, thing and how it pays off. I mean, like, I remember being in the theater in the 80s watching that and just it, the people cheering in the theater like they were at a real sporting event. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, people, you know, that's a satisfying ending. But they find a way to cross generations, I think, with having it a little bit modern day. And like you said, Johnny's almost like the man out of time. Like, literally, it's like they woke him up from like yeah. the 80s and placed him in today. And I think in some reasons he does highlight how just kind of silly we are sometimes about ourselves. I mean, we really are. But at the same time, also with him showing how far we've come. I mean, it's a truth. Right. It, it works both ways. I think that's why it's a great character. And you and you got this thing, too, where it, they make you want him and Daniel to get along. Like, whenever they, they, they you know, throughout the series, when they're like, you know what, this 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 isn't going to work with us teaming up and being friends. And in your heart, you're like, no, I want you guys to get along. You know, because I like both of you guys. You know, and you're on your couch praying that they figure it out you know you're like oh, come on man you know you guys are good yin and yang you know make it work and yeah. and i, I don't want to give away too much it's but that... cash. It, it, yeah. it's a it's murton it's riggs in the first lethal weapon movie like it right. is, it's that odd couple and listen we like seeing the good guys and the bad guys team up we, we do i mean listen you know i know we have all the mc move, mcu movies now but one of the reasons I thought X-Men 2, X2, was such a great movie is because the freaking bad guys teamed up with the X-Men to fight like a real villain, you know? Right. Like a mean villain, you know? And I think that's why everyone loved that movie is because we all want to see kind of the bad guys and the good guys team up. But the whole thing I think it works with, uh, with Cobra Kai is just all the role reversals they do, even not just with the main theme of the series, throughout the series. It goes back and forth a lot in certain themes of how certain characters develop. I think as dumb as it is, it actually does a really good job getting over on us, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and, and I'm not gonna you know spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but the end is awesome. 